0: So this morning, I I chose to, choosing to talk about some things about legacy. Now, Doris's grandmother just died. Many of you know that. She's 104. She was 104. And she, um, she left the legacy. I looked the word legacy up. And, And contrary to my expectations, the first definition was money, was an inheritance, And and that's not really where I want to go this morning, but yet uh, the the legacy she left—I don't know if she left any money. I don't think it was a great deal anyway. But the legacy she left was more of the 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 things, the people that she influenced, who she was, her character, and it was a tremendous encouragement to to her family. And he, to me, too, who, who was a latecomer to the family. Now, these things are, are things that we, we are all leaving a legacy. We, in our life here, we are building a legacy. When we die, we leave a legacy. Um, to most of us, that legacy is not so much deliberate but rather it's who we are you know a a financial legacy to some people it is very important to build up a big financial empire to leave it to their children which most of the time that's a foolish thing to do because it's not good for your children and it may not be good for you either but that's Again, that's not the legacy that we're talking about here, but rather the legacy of, of character. The impressions that, that she left us are more important than money. And, 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 and as a matter of fact, if she had left, or if it turns out she did leave a lot of money, in my view anyway, that would sort of cloud things. Because, oh well, my, my innate greed... Uh, Sort of clouds this this uh, the the real things that are important now I, we're we're grandchildren, probably not not a big deal anyway so let's look at at some people who in the Bible who left legacies, some good ones and some bad ones let 's go with the bad ones first. Does anybody know what the phrase is that is is associated with Jeroboam. Jeroboam, son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. That's his legacy. That's what he left to the Jewish people. Now, it was just Jeroboam and his son. He, Jeroboam was king. Uh, let me back up. Let me tell the story a little bit. If you remember... Solomon, David was king, Solomon was king, and Jeroboam was a, a very capable young man, young leader of, of people. Uh, Solomon saw that he was, he was very uh, a good leader, and he put him in, in positions of responsibility. Jeroboam had started having ideas about these positions of responsibility and his authority and Solomon got so sort of upset about him and, and uh, Jeroboam ran off to Egypt. Okay, Solomon died. Rehoboam, his son comes becomes comes to the throne or was about to be to come to the throne. Jeroboam comes home from Egypt and he starts rallying people and he comes to Jerob, to Rehoboam and said, "How are you going to treat us?" Essentially, are you gonna? If, if, if you're a, a good king, if you're a decent person, we'll serve you well. What are you gonna do? So Rehoboam thought about it for a couple of days. He, he asked this group of people and he asked this group of people. The old, the old fellas, he asked what he should do, and they said, be reasonable, and these people will serve you. He asked his contemporaries, and they said, No, be harsh, be harsh, and make them serve you. And so that's what he decided to do. And it's at that point that Israel was split. So Judah and Benjamin stayed with Rehoboam. The other 10 tribes went with Jeroboam. And Jeroboam, now you would think that Jeroboam, under those circumstances, would come to the conclusion that I need to serve God as David did, because David was the example. Indeed, there was a prophet who had come to Jeroboam before these events, and he showed him that he was going to get 10 tribes and there was going to be two left. A prophet speaking in God's name, and you would think that that would have uh, some, some, some influence in his thoughts. But what he did instead was he, he thought, now here I am, I'm king of, of this nation now, it's, it's a nation, and yet these people are going to revert to Jerusalem, to, to Rehoboam, if I allow them to go back to Jerusalem. That's what's going to happen. And he was probably right. But he didn't set up a godly worship. Rather, he set up an idol. He started his own religion, as it were. And, and he made Israel to sin. So his people followed that direction and he made Israel to sin. And that's his legacy. When every, anybody who has studied the Old Testament, when the name Jeroboam comes up, that's what, that's what, what you think about. That's what a legacy is in this regard. The, the people that you know that you can think of that, that have died. And maybe your grandparents, maybe your great-grandparents, maybe somebody in the community. They have a legacy. They had an influence in your life. Maybe for good or maybe for bad. But you, you, when you think of that person, that's what you think about. And Jeroboam is not a good one. I don't think there, was, I don't think there have been very many people who deliberately determined that they're going to have a bad legacy that they're going to be known as a bad person as a you know some deceitful or or something along those lines um, treachery or distrust but that was who they were and so that's the legacy that they left and that's reality when it comes to a legacy um this kind of legacy we're talking about here is, is different from a financial legacy in that it is inadvertent in most cases. It's not, what, not so much that I determine that I'm going to leave a legacy to people, but rather it's who I am, and that makes my legacy. We are known in life for our character. And our character determines and defines what people remember us for. Uh, in addition to the influence that we have had on them. But that's part and parcel of the same thing. You know, our, our character and how we influence them is, is how they remember us. In, in Genesis 18, 19, the, the scene is... Uh, God came to, Abraham was outside of of Sodom and Gomorrah. And remember the the scene where the the two angels come to him? And uh, let's turn to it. And God said in Genesis, what did I say? Genesis 18, 19. And God said, "I, I know, I know Abraham. He's gonna be faithful. Here, Genesis 18, 19. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. And and this was in the context of the, the destruction or the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah. But... Abraham was, was uh, kind of curious about what they were doing there, and he said, should, should I hide this from Abraham? But rather, Abraham is, is, is trustworthy. That's a contrast to Jeroboam. Now, another, another uh, bad example, uh, is a little farther in 1 in Kings, is Ahab. Just a, a, a real bad self-centered person, and he taught his successors so now in the case of Jeroboam there was only one son and then his as a result of prophecy or in, there was prophecy that his line was going to disappear and his the, the guy who took his son's place eliminated the whole the whole family um, which was. Not all that uncommon, but that's what happened. So Jeroboam, son of Nebat's line, disappeared because everybody was killed. And Ahab comes along, and he had a lot more successors, a lot more sons and grandsons and so on. But uh, none of them were any good either. But Ahab again. When you think of Ahab, what do you think of? What legacy did Ahab leave? It certainly was not a positive one. And the, the story that, that comes to my mind right away when I think of Ahab is, is the this, this story of the guy Naboth and his vineyard, who's, you know, the vineyard that he stole. And going along with Ahab, also in my mind, when, when I think of him, I think of Jezebel. Did you ever hear of somebody who named their daughter Jezebel? I don't think I have and I really hope I don't really because uh, anyway <laughs> uh, but why, why didn't that's kind of a cool name isn't it why, why wouldn't anybody name their daughter Jezebel because of the, the legacy that Jezebel left the name that she left That this is, this is not what you want to be associated with now that's enough of the bad ones. How about some good ones? Uh, Job. What do you think Job's three friends remembered him by after he died? Remembered him for after he died? Now, I'm assuming that they outlived him. I'm pretty sure that they remembered him for his faithfulness. In this very difficult situation. That was Job's legacy. Now obviously his children couldn't remember him for the same thing. Because they weren't born yet. All his children before this died. How about. What do you think about his wife's. Assuming his wife outlived him. um, What about his wife's. What did she remember him for. Probably the same thing. But yet, maybe in a slightly different way, because because she was not really a good a good influence at the time, and and maybe his uh, his children that that were born later. Um. I I think while they weren't part of of the story of Job that we think of, yet they they were Job's children, and and so they knew him in a way that that we don't. But the the story of Job and his faithfulness is Job's legacy that he left. Another one is Moses. To the Jewish people, Moses left the legacy of, of faithfulness, um, humility in, in, under extreme pressure, um, and he's really, to a large degree, Seen as a father of the Jewish nation. And at least a spiritual father of the Jewish nation. And so that's the legacy that Moses left. Another one that I thought about. How about the widow with the two mites that Jesus told the story about? Now that's somebody that's not... A leader. She wasn't anybody important. She wasn't influential. She wasn't any of that stuff. But here it is, two thousand years later, and when you hear the story, or, or when those that story about the widow and her two mites comes to mind, what do you think about? You think about her faithfulness, her generosity in the face of extreme poverty. And in general, at least for myself, I I, I feel vaguely guilty when I hear that story because I'm not that generous. And in addition to that, her her faithfulness and, and trust in extreme poverty, trust of God to provide because she's putting everything she has into the offering basket. And we can talk about that and debate that and all, but that's what we remember her for. And it's, it's interesting, it's, it's important enough, the story was impressive enough that it is mentioned twice, it's in Mark and it's in Luke. There's some stories that in the, in the New Testament, in the four Gospels, that are only mentioned in one, so it was only important to that person. But here, this one, this one was, was notable enough that two of them commented about it. <clears throat> now, these examples in the Bible of good and bad legacies are, are good for us, or examples for us. Um, generally, uh, you've probably heard a sermon like this different times over the years. And... Uh, And yet, they are generally not prompted by a bad example. In this case, it's prompted by Doris's grandmother. Uh, Nelson, I I commented to Nelson that this is what I was going to talk about this morning, and he said, oh, yeah, I did that when my grandpa died. And I vaguely remembered that. Um, But it's prompted by a good example. If Doris's grandma had been a, a wretch, and a very bad grandma uh, I probably wouldn't be talking about this this morning now then the question about all these things is how can I leave a good legacy to my descendants or to my acquaintances and it goes back to the idea of a character and in addition to character, or maybe because of character, decisions that I make. Um, I have a niece and her husband who, uh, well, the niece anyway, grew up in a very conservative Mennonite church. And her husband, I'm not sure exactly, but he was part of a very conservative Mennonite church as well. But anyway, some, they decided some years ago to, uh, to leave that and go to the Greek Orthodox Church. Now, I'm not one to say that Mennonites and our ways of being Christians is the only way of being Christians. I, I want to make that clear. However, I think it's a good one. Now, they, they left that and went to the Greek Orthodox folks. And I wonder if they considered all the ramifications of, what their, of that move, um, and not so much for them personally, but rather the, the ramifications of that move for their children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren, because these are things that one has to think about when you think about the future. Many of you, well, some of you here, are parents. Um, I remember thinking when when our children were really little, especially the first ones or so, one or two, here we are, we made these babies, and we don't know what those babies are going to have to face. And I'm sure all of you parents have thought the same thing. Um, and yet, and in addition to that, now I'm responsible for these babies. Not only in a physical way, but in an emotional and spiritual way as well. And it's, a, it, it's sort of, it's something that makes a body grow up. Because you're responsible in a way, for these children, in a way that you were never responsible for anything before. And you probably will never be responsible for anything again. <clears throat> But I, I said that to say this about my niece. Uh, I, I questioned the, the wisdom of their choice because of those ramifications. So who are their children gonna marry? Is divorce gonna be an option? Is military service gonna be an option? Is, there's, there's a lot of ramifications of, of a, a decision like that and at the end of the day, the legacy that they leave may be different than they think it's going to be. And that's regrettable. <clears throat> but I may be wrong on some of these things. And I hope I am. But, but these are things that we have to think about as we consider what we're going to be leaving to our children. Not money, but the, the impressions that we are gonna be leaving to our children and and acquaintances, the the people that we influence and uh, and touch. That's the people that we leave this kind of legacy to. An example example of of, of a legacy in a a person's family, Uh, honesty, I have known people who were kind of fudged on the honesty thing, and I'm sure all of you have too. In your experience, the parents that fudged on the honesty thing, did they, did they raise children who were impeccably honest? Not usually, not usually, but rather, rather their children went another step and things were no, did not go well on the other hand those people who, who uh, honesty was and integrity were uh, so very important sometimes we thought that they got carried away uh, what kind of children did they what kind of legacy did they leave to their children and acquaintances a legacy of integrity and and it's, it's, it's really important. This morning we talked about contentment. Um, in our Sunday school lesson, I'm sure most of you did too. Can we leave that kind of legacy to our children? A legacy of contentment? Or do we leave a legacy of, of, of greed? Or a legacy of, of uh, never being satisfied? or a legacy of um, a complainer. We can do that. We can do that. And you probably know people, especially you older folks, know people that were your acquaintances that fit all those categories, that, uh, that were the complainer, that were the, the person who was content, who was the dishonest person or the, or the, the scrupulously honest person. My, my dad used to say, and I, I've said this before here, that a man or a couple is not known by their children. They're, they're, let me say it this way. Their children, your children are not the measure of a man, but your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. And the, the decisions you make, the impressions you make, follow on if they're good ones, if they're good ones. And and that's a scary thing, because I'm responsible. I'm responsible for those impressions, the, the influence that I have had, good or bad. Jeroboam's legacy was one of apostasy, was one, he made Israel to sin. And you are, we are building a legacy during our lives. whether it's children, whether it's acquaintances, people we touch, and what's going to be yours? What's going to be mine? What are you going to be known and remembered for? Are those who remember you going to smile or frown when they think of you? Are they going to be encouraged or discouraged when they think of you? And as you consider those things, may you determine... To cultivate a character that, that is a positive influence, that at the end of the li- end of your life, that you can be reasonably happy with what you think your legacy is going to be. Let's stand for prayer. Our Father in heaven thank you for, for families, thank you for uh, people that, that we associate with and people that we touch. Lord, give us the ability to recognize the fact that we are building legacies now. Help us to understand what's important and, and what will, will make a difference in, in other people's lives that we touch. Thank you for your faithfulness in reminding us of these things as we live our lives here. And, and may we be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.